John, welcome, mate. Welcome to you too. Good to see you. I don't think I've. I don't actually think I've done one of these with you. So this is going to be. Um, this is going to be really cool, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, basically, we um, we thought as we were chatting throughout the week, we've thought of a couple of different topics, but we thought we'd go back to this idea of friendship, which I know um, the guy spoke into a couple of weeks ago, but want to come at it from a slightly different angle. And I think we called it the friend that we all need um, today. And, um, and just really want to explore that with you. Um, you and I have obviously been, I met you when I was 10 years old, or 27 now. So it's, it's been a very, very solid um, friendship and a length of time to build that intimacy as well. So pretty good crew to talk about this topic. But um, I've got a couple of questions for you that I'd be interested in your perspective in. But before we do that, why don't we just kick us off in a quick word of prayer and we'll launch into it. Sounds good. Um, Father, we just thank you that even though we're socially distanced, Lord, uh, we can meet together, Lord, and, and um, delve into your word, delve into ideas, Lord, that relate to who you are and what you want for our life. Um, I just pray, Lord, that tonight as Shadi and I uh, talk about uh, the one true friend, Lord, that you would be in the midst of our discussion, Lord. Um, you would be speaking and everyone, Lord, would take something away from tonight, Lord, that would be beneficial to them. Um, we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. As you mentioned, we are socially distanced. And so this, like our old saying of the distance makes the heart grow fonder type thing, I think really kicks in now where you really do miss your friends and you really miss that social interaction and zoom is great but it's not exactly there um and so i guess while we're in this reflective mood i wanted to ask you what are some particularly special moments i guess that have stood out to you in your friendships over your life what are some of those kind of key highlights i guess that you've experienced in friendship yeah well i guess I guess sort of the most special moments are the moments where you're just chilling. Like there's nothing particularly, uh, you know, noteworthy. It's not like if you're writing an autobiography, strangers would be like, oh, that's really interesting. That's a really compelling moment. But there's just like these moments that stay with you. Like I remember um, you and Andrew and Chris, uh, we were, you know, we had a lot of sleepovers in our teenage years. And one that stays in my memory is we had the TV upstairs and we were playing um, World at War. And I can't remember what we were trying to do, but we were trying to do a special thing in split screen. And every time we were like about to do it, uh, we would just start killing each other and like blow up the C4 prematurely. And we probably John. did that for an hour and it was hilarious every time. John, you cut out at... The, oh, at, yeah, yeah, you cut out at when you said, um, I remember the TV was upstairs and we were playing World at War. And so, the, can you say it again, please? Okay, so the, the fifth Call of Duty, World at War, we were playing split screen and we were trying to set something up. I can't remember. I think it was like that we were all going to put a stack of C4 in like one particular spot, like all of us. And then we would like stand on it and blow it up or something like that. 
And um, in, every time we were about to do it, one of us would kill each other or like blow up the seat <laughs> prematurely or like this. I forgot about that, bro. I, I remember that. Yeah, and we probably did it for like two hours and it was just hilarious every single time anyway. Um, and it's just like, that, and it's like moments like that where it's like, it might be at night time or in the early hours of the morning and you're all just together and you can just feel, you know, the love that you have for like each person there and there's nothing but like intimacy and laughter and joking and it's just, uh, it stays with you. It, it, it really stays with you. It's like a happy place. I don't know. I don't know what you think. That's a great way to, this, a happy place is a great way to describe it. I think a lot of the elements that you mentioned are just like when you genuinely feel free. Yeah. Like, like there is, there is no, um, there's no obligation on me. There's no expectation on me. These are people who, uh, who I love and, and who love me. And there's no, like, there's nothing beyond that. There's just the pure enjoyment of each other's company and of the ability to make memories together and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, um, yeah. you, you, uh, you, Chris and, and Andrew were my, my entire childhood and many of the years after that. And I'm very grateful for that. But there are a few standout moments where actually something similar. I remember, um, they used to have the prayer meeting overnight at Mulgrave. They would pray basically till dawn. Everybody would go home at like 5 a.m. And um, me and Andrew were like, had broken down some of the like makeshift walls that they had, you know, put to make rooms in the, in the back of the church. And we were just like sleeping on them. And Andrew started doing an imitation of someone. I can't even remember who it was. And I remember literally laughing for 45 minutes straight. I don't remember what it was about. I remember who it was, but I just remember like, I couldn't think of anything else other than just trying to catch enough air to breathe again, because that's like, I was just dying. Um, and, and those are the moments that, like you said, the, the simple, not really noteworthy stuff that, um, that stays with you. But there were ones when we were older where I guess the maturity kicked in and, and um, the beauty of things like counsel began to um, really kind of take effect where you're surrounded by godly people who you know have your best interests at heart um, and who will, will speak openly to you and who will speak truth to you and, um, and you can be really vulnerable and really honest with them and then just have a conversation and have them speak into your situation again with that same freedom except instead of just kind of the laughter and the enjoyment, now you have kind of the deep intimacy of, of um, you know, going through stages of life together and advice and all that kind of stuff. Um, I remember one instance though, I got, you got something where um, like friendship went from that fun kind of stage that you're describing to something a lot more uh, beautiful, a lot deeper where my dad, he uh, he has a heart condition. And um, on this one Friday night when I would have been 20 something and you would have been the same, um, he felt a pain in his chest at like 9.30 when everybody was walking out of church. And um, it was a really sharp pain and they called an ambulance and uh, my dad was taken to hospital and I went behind him in the car. And you weren't at the meeting that night. Um, I, 
you might have had a night shift or I don't know, you might, something was, was happening. No, you didn't have a night shift, but you weren't there that night. And um, your dad told you that this is what happened. Um, and I remember you calling me at like 1230 and AM and asking me like, you know, how I'm doing and what's going on and whatever. And to my surprise, at like 1.30 a.m., you were in hospital sitting next to me on the bedside in, in dad's room. And I just, I couldn't be more grateful in that moment that you did that. A lot of people messaged, a lot of people uh, called, a lot of, but you, you actually got up in the middle of the night, got into a car and came and sat next to me in, a, in a, an awful moment, really. Uh, and it meant the world. And so it's, it's, there are those moments too, uh, yeah. of, you know, so yeah, but I, I cut you off. You were going to, you were going to say something. No, I was just going to say like, yeah, like talking about those significant life moments. Um, yeah. You do share them with friends. Like I can't help, but uh, think about the morning of my wedding and just, you know, it's, it's, you know, 8am. It's like the biggest day of your life. Um, you know, you're about to form this marriage covenant with the most amazing person you've met uh, with the understanding you're going to spend the rest of your life with them. And then all of a sudden, who walks through the door but your best friends and they're all dressed in suits and there's just this nervous energy and everyone, all of your friends are looking at you and you know that they're so happy for you and they're so high for you. And you with like all your nerves and like, you know, the intensity of it all at the end of the day, who's surrounding you, joking with you, making you feel loved, it's your friends. So yeah, it's, uh, it's an incredible blessing. And it's incredible that we've had it at this depth for this length of time and may it never change <laughs> by the yeah. grace of God. I, I, there's, there's, this, um, there's this epic quote by C.S. Lewis. There's two, but I, I'll, I'll read you the first one. He says this, in a friendship, we think we've chosen our, our friends, but in reality, a few years difference in the dates of our birth or a few more kilometers between certain houses or the choice of one university instead of another, um, the accident of it, one topic being raised and not another um, at the first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us from actually becoming friends. But for a Christian, there are strictly speaking, no chances. A secret yeah. master of ceremonies, an MC has been at work. Christ, who said to his disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, you have not chosen each other, but I have chosen you for each other. The friendship is not a reward for our discriminating and good taste in finding one another out. It is the mm. instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. Mm. That's Just a beautiful... Yeah, it's a beautiful quote. Like often, so often people, are, um, when they talk about their marriage partners, they say, God chose you for me or, you know, um, you know, we were destined to be together in that sort of language. But, I mean, biblically, it's the exact same thing for friends, is that God chose you to be my friend, chose me to be your friend. There's the hand of God orchestrating it such that, you know, we can form these lifelong connections that, uh, that makes such a huge, and it, they don't have to be lifelong, you know, even for a particular season, you might, you might have a friend at the moment um, who you're with in university or 
that you're um, with in a particular job that you know will only last a year or two. And God has put a specific person there. Your paths have crossed for a purpose, whatever that purpose might be. Um, mm. And I think that can really change the way you look at it. For sure, yeah. The whole idea of uh, for a reason, for a season or for life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but all orchestrated and brought together by the Lord, which is a, a beautiful thought. But for you, John, I guess having experienced more of life and as you mentioned, hey, now married with a child and we've gone from, you know, being 10 together and being idiots to being adults with, with jobs and responsibilities. And um, I guess having experienced more of life, what do you value in a friendship? Kind of looking at the whole now. Or what do you value in a friend? Yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big question, I guess. Um, and I guess when you think about it, you think about the qualities in your friends and then you reflect on, do, I guess, do I have those same qualities in the way that I... Uh, I've just lost... What's, I have a picture of Pepper the pig that's just come <laughs> up as my main thing. I don't know why that is. That's okay. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah and you reflect on yourself and say well do I really like uh, uphold those same um, qualities and attributes but I guess you know I guess it's um, it's what you'd expect like the thing that you value in a friend is that uh, you can trust them um, that you know whatever whatever happens you know that they're going to demonstrate integrity in it and they're not going to you know, I'm struggling to find language around it. But yeah, like this idea of loyalty and trust and integrity and like the way that they are to you. And then I guess the base of it is that, uh, I I think this is from Lewis as well in The Four Loves, who talks about the fundamental question of friendship is do you see the same truth? Mm. And and that doesn't mean, um, it doesn't mean like you have to agree on everything like, Star is better than Star Trek. And if you like Star Trek more, we're not friends. It, but it's something more profound than that is in that, like, is your heart attitude to life the same as this other person? And when that is the case, that's when you get that, like, intimacy of just three o'clock in the morning giggling at each other's farts as kids. And when you're older, like, you know, just being able to sit on the sit on the couches with you know a cup of tea or whatever it is and just talk until the early hours of the morning about everything that's on your heart without ever worrying that anyone's going to judge you or think less of you or not understand you but you know that they're just going to understand you and they're just going to listen and they might give you their advice and you can just relax so it's is that um anyway I, I talked a lot and there's a lot more what do you think what what do you see as the attributes um, of a of a good friend? Yeah, bro, I um, I, I agree with you. I, I I love that kind of the journey as you kind of take it. Um, I think exactly what you said. Really, it's just I can't remember. Maybe it was Tim Keller. Maybe it was somebody else who said something along the lines of, um, like you know our our um. Like someone can can love you, but if they love you and they don't know you, it's a superficial love. Mm. Um, but you know, our um, our worst nightmare is that somebody fully knows us and then rejects us, right? Mm. But our deepest desire is basically that we be fully known and fully loved. 
um, and that's being a lot, and that love is a lot like being loved by God. Um, is I'm butchering the quote, but it, those are really the three categories of like, hey, people can love you from a distance, um, and people can get to know you, and then you know, be like, no, nah, I want nothing to do with that. You're you're messed up and horrible. Uh, and there are people who see you for what you are and, and will will still stay. Um, and I think really at the core of what you're describing is just that for me, is that um, we, we've both come to the same understanding of kind of the fundamentals of life. And I guess as, as you talk about it, really when, you, when you're choosing your marriage partner, you want to be going towards the same track. Like you, you... At the end of the day, you're choosing a best friend. Yeah. You're, that's exactly right that you're going to stick with for life and and like you want the same things you you know you you have the same outlook on faith and life and all the major things you don't agree on everything uh, like you said but but um but yeah those those are the qualities I actually I wrote some down just just for reference but I just thought and the first one is like-mindedness um which is what you and I are describing now and there's there's a, a verse that says how can two walk together unless they are agreed? Like, unless we see the fundamental things of life the same, how can we move in the same direction? You want to go left and I want to go right. That friendship isn't going to last very long. Um, and I think the basis of our friendship, you and I specifically, being Christ, being um, our faith, being the fact that we've both come to this understanding that we're sinful people in need of a savior and that, there's a mission that's on our lives and our job is to actually, you know, iron sharpens iron and support each other in that, spur each other on in that. Um, that gives us a basis that's very, very hard to shake. Um, so like-mindedness. Second one I wrote was trustworthy and a keeper of confidence. Um, there's a verse in Proverbs 16, 28 that says, gossip separates the closest of friends. A person I know I can speak to without worrying that it will go beyond that barrier and all that kind of stuff. Um, dependable, Proverbs 18.24, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Um, faithful, Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I think that's the thing that we fear the most is that idea of somebody leaving us when you know, we cross a certain uh, point in our lives or, or, or line or whatever. They're just going to say, no, nah, that's enough. I'm walking away. Um, honest and truthful. Uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And another thing about Christ in that truthfulness aspect, he is the truth, and the truth is confronting. We say that God is love, but God's love is also in giving us the truth that will stop us from being ruined and will stop us from being destroyed. So sometimes it's this um, hard conversation in love, I guess, that I would love my friends to be comfortable to have with me when they see that I'm on a path that's going to, you know, hurt. Uh, and so it will be unloving in that instance to not be like, Hey man, like let's, let's chat because this is hurt. It's hurting me watching this happen to you kind of thing. Um, and, and that love is also protective and, and truth is uh, it does that often at, at it with a little bit of hurt kind of thrown in as well, but loving um, Jesus said, I have loved you with an everlasting love, which is a gorgeous way to express it. Compassionate, again, about Christ. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 147, verse 3. Um, hopeful and persevering. 
First Corinthians, the chapter that's all about love. It says, love always hopes, it always protects, it always trusts, and it always perseveres. Um, I think that's a brilliant summary of kind of your friends having your back and what that looks like in, in kind of in real life. Um, and it's also someone who just champions your greatest good. Um, and that's where I come back to this idea of you and I being on the same foundation, which is Christ. Like you and I understand that the best thing for each other in every scenario and aspect of life is to push deeper into Christ. Um, and so my number one job as your friend is to point you back to Christ. Your number job, number one job as my friend is to point me back to Christ because that is my greatest good. Like, so a person who champions your walk with Christ from a Christian friendship perspective that is rare and valuable and beautiful in, in every way. Um, a person who's vulnerable and relatable, um, not on a pedestal that, you know, with a facade that can't ever like, oh, he's perfect, but I can't, you know, I can't ever relate to him. I can't ever, um, you know, get close to him. Um, and a person who's forgiving because in friendships, in marriage, in every kind of relationship, we screw up. And we let each other down and we disappoint each other in a multitude of ways. Um, and to really display the heart of Christ is to be able to, in those moments, learn to be like him in forgiving and in um, covering over with that love a multitude of sins and transgressions and all those beautiful things that we read in First um, Corinthians. But I guess this is really a perfect segue to ask you, like, what has been your experience of friendship with Christ, like the, the, everything that we're talking about finds its origin in Jesus. Like he is the one who we understand what friendship is and how it's supposed to be done because of his nature, because of his character, because of how he treats us. So how did, like, what's been your experience of, of that? And how do you view that concept friendship with Christ? Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess all of the themes that we've talked about in our own human friendships um, is a shadow of what we have in Jesus. So like that intimacy of just, I can say anything, do anything, and I can just be relaxed and at peace. Um, that is your relationship with Jesus. That's my relationship with Jesus. It doesn't matter what, um, you know, what I'm struggling with or what, uh, what I've fallen in, um, whatever it is, I can just come before Jesus and say, God, this is what's going on um, and I need you in this. And I know that he's there listening and there's nothing in his heart but love towards me and that there's no hint of judgment because he knows me, he loves me, he's died for me, he sees me as perfect and there's nothing I could do to um to change that um and then you know uh this idea of uh you know that that sort of loyalty and that trust and that integrity um it's exactly the same thing except now it is the perfect fulfillment of that so mm -hmm. it's not like you know this has happened is my friend going to come visit me in hospital or um, this has happened, you know, is my friend going to pick me up from the airport or support me from this? This is no matter what circumstance, I know, you know, it's a promise that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. I don't need to worry. So 
Um, you know, right now I'm in the middle of job applications. It's a very stressful uh, situation to be in. Um, and I'm so blessed because I know that my human friends are praying for me, but I'm even more blessed in knowing that uh, God has led me up into this point intentionally and by his divine purposes that at the end of the day, his will is going to be done and it's all going to be okay. Um, Amen. Yeah. So like th- those are, those are a couple of the ways um, that spring to mind first up. How about you? Yeah. Um, really similar to you, bro. All, all of those human attributes are just a shadow. I think, you know, the idea of a big brother mm. uh, and, and like, you know, this is the person who protects you. Mm. This is the person who, um, you know, provides for you. This is the person who says, Hey, I've, I've walked this road before. Don't go down that way because like, it's going to hurt you. And, and um, just that real, and again, like you said, the perfect fulfillment of this idea of being fully known and fully loved. Yeah. So I named um, A.W. Pink. He was like, um, he says, he saw my every fall, my every sin, my every backsliding. And nonetheless, he fixed his heart upon me. Yeah. And just, you know, the, the, in, in, the, in that song, I uh, can't remember what it's called. There's this line where it says, you, you see the depths of my heart and you love me the same. Hmm. brings me to tears pretty much every single time is this like how how can you you know and 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 you said it it's this my sin has been paid for god didn't ignore it god didn't you know do you know he he took it upon himself Hmm. Uh, and all that's left for me is is just intimacy with him and his love and his joy and his uh you know his his all the time in the world for him to make me like himself um, for me to actually be able to just follow in his footsteps and for him to say, hey, this is the way, walk in it. Um, and for me to be obedient to that. And um, I think everybody, especially in COVID, like we're, we're starting to really remember the value of friendship. And I just wonder, man, like just, just talking out, like how do these people do it? We have Friday night. We have you know, Thursday to pray. I can call you at any time on you know, video and whatever. Like, not only do we have human friends though, but when the world is, you know, David describes it as like, though the mountains be cast into the sea, I, you know, I will not be shaken because you're with me. It's like, we have this anchor. We have this stronghold in Jesus as our friend. And there's like, how do people do it without him? Like, I, I don't, I genuinely don't understand. And it's a lot just, of people are struggling. Yeah, like, like really. And they, they need what we have, but they don't need us as they much as they need Christ. Like, they, we're just supposed to be pointing them in that um, direction. But I also think just, it's, I'm glad that we're talking about this topic just because we talk about Jesus as, as King and as Lord and as you know, the Creator and as the Savior and as all, you know, the high priest and all of these different roles, but rarely do we ever speak about him as friend. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. What are you like speaking? I don't don't know about you. Like one of the first ways that Jesus was introduced to me when I was little, so I grew up in a Christian home, um, you know, uh, had stories read to me by my parents and went to Sunday school at church on a Sunday. And a lot of the ways that Jesus was communicated to me was as friend. And yeah. I think you, you, somewhere between adolescence and adulthood, you lose that. 
But yeah, like back then, you know, people would say, Jesus wants to be your best friend. He wants to come into your heart. And when you're a best friend, you have to listen to him and you have to talk to him and you have to get to know him better. And that's really important. And um, it really captured, uh, speaking for me at least, it really captured my heart. And then this more toxic, um, I won't say toxic, but a more short-sighted way of viewing Jesus as, um, as you know, judge. Um, uh, and then you identify that with like a harsh, unyielding authority figure. And even the idea of him as teacher, and you associate that as, you know, homework and, dis- and uh, detention. That's a good you know? point, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I think we do well by, by uh, and I guess as part of the purpose of tonight, we do well by reminding us that the language that Jesus used to describe his relationship with the disciples was friends. And that's how he wants us to see him, his friends, people who eat together and fart together, people who, uh, you know, who just have this unity of love and affection and trust and, and just do life together. That's how Jesus wants us to view him. And I think it's really powerful. It changes the way we live our Christian lives. 100%. Um, I, I, I love the simplicity of that. I love the, like, there's, uh, there's this picture of, John, the disciple, uh, and it says, you know, they were sitting at the dinner table and he was reclining against Jesus' breast. Like his head, like just that's the Anderson Lib move right there. That's, that's right. But like just just the beauty, the intimacy of that, John. Yeah. Like just the the you know what I mean? Like it's so uh it's like almost irreverent in in the sense that like this is this is God in human flesh, but we're just sitting at the dinner table and he's my friend. So I'm just going to put my head basically on his shoulder. And like, yeah. that's the relationship. I like, I, that's the picture, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I've i a loaf of bread around, tearing off a piece, passing it to your friend next to you. That's it. And like, you know, we never think, you know, what jokes did Christ tell? Like, you know, the perfect man would have told a perfect joke and they would have been laughing for a really long time. And I just, we never think of those in between. We just we never think of those in between moments. And one of the best pieces of advice that my um, my youth, my old youth leader gave me, um, Mike, he said, "Make Jesus the third person in your internal dialogue. You're yeah. speaking to yourself um, yeah. all the time." put him in that internal dialogue and include him in that conversation and have that. conversation. That, that, uh, it's part of that idea of pray without ceasing. God's yeah. Always, yeah. Yeah. I, and, and, and I love that. Um, again, just that, I guess that intimacy and that simplicity, like, I guess just to close off then, what are some practical ways just from, from your point of view that we can, ensure that we do view Jesus that way and actually practically engage with him in that way. Yeah. Well, I guess, um, I guess now is just a time of reflection where you say, how do I think about Jesus? How do I pray to him, which is really a conversation with him? How do I approach reading his word, which is his conversation to you? And when it comes to day-to-day decision-making, how do I let my friend Jesus be that person who's giving me advice, who's influencing me? 
Um, and after you reflect, then you need to decide, do you want Jesus to be your friend or not? Um, it's in John 15 where, uh, where that's where, you know, we say that Jesus refers to us as friends where he says, um, where he says, uh, I do not call you servants anymore because servants don't know their master's business. Instead, I call you friends for everything the father's told me I share with you. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, and, um, and the way that you express your friendship to me is that you obey my commandments. And for a modern reader, that sounds like really jarring because you hear the word commandments and you think of like, you know, a controlling parent or, you know, a authoritarian teacher. But really what it means is, you know, do you listen to me? Do you care? Do you care about me? So, you know, when your friend says, hey, hey, can you grab me a quarter pounder on your way to mine? Or, you know, hey, uh, you know, let's uh, hop on Destiny and do a quick vault of glass run. Um, it's, you know, caring to say, yeah, of course, man, let's do it. Um, and I, yeah, uh, that's, that's the way that you got to view your decision-making day-to-day life is Jesus, my friend, what does he have to say about this particular situation? Um, and be his friend. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that's extremely practical advice. Mm. I think to sum that up for me, and you made some really important points about God's love language, really being obedience and, and, you know, how, how often we fall short of that, but he's still the friend, right? And um, I guess for me, it's, uh, it's, it's just a really simple thing of go to Jesus first. Like, because how do we treat friends? Hey man, like I'm feeling rubbish or I'm in trouble or I don't know what to do about this problem or I'm stressed or whatever. We look for help. Like, and we get this with the pictures, the picture of the disciples in the boat, the storm rises and, they draw on their expertise first as fishermen. And then, you know, they draw on their friends to, you know, get the buckets and begin to kind of scoop water out of, but they go to Jesus last. Like the one person who actually has the answer and wants to be involved in that scenario. Um, I think just when I think about my day-to-day life, just in a very practical sense, whenever I feel something or need something, I usually go to Jesus last. And I think the reversal of that, of just, like you said, what does my friend Jesus think about this? How can I, how can I consult Jesus on this? What does he say about this? How can I obey him in this? Um, And just lifting up that quick two second prayer about whatever it is that you're kind of having to be in, in that moment really reverses that perspective and begins to build that intimacy. Uh, There's this Egyptian preacher who came one time. I don't know if you remember, we would have been like 15 or something. And the guy was like, um, you know, I, I pray about like, you know, I'm just used to praying. And it's this idea of, um, you know, before I go to the supermarket, I pray for the tomatoes that we're going to choose at the, that they're good tomatoes. And that, like, it's just like, it's this almost silly, like every aspect of life, even going shopping and choosing the tomatoes is going to be done with my friend Jesus. Because everything that you and I have been describing, everything is more fun with your friends in that intimate, yeah. free environment, everything, including going to Macca's and Hungry Jack's and using coupons. Everything is funnier. Everything is more fun. Everything is even though it's just the stupid monotonous thing of ordering a meal. Um, and you know what I mean when you infuse it? Definitely. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really just, I guess, um, approaching that way, but that's really it. I think there's, I think there's a lot 
there's a lot more to say in this, this. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack, and it's actually really hard to, to articulate it all. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. There are deep things, man. Um, but yeah, I, I just I guess I just hope this is the start of more of those conversations, not just between us and and to strengthen our own friendships under the God who brought us together for His purpose, um, and to kind of champion each other towards a deeper relationship with Him. But um, you know, to it's presumptuous of, of me to think that you could love me more than Jesus. You yes. Know I mean? And I love you a lot, Sammy. Like, and you love me a lot. And so it's like, hey, you know, if, if John loves me this much, then how much more does Christ love me? And I think that that's something that we miss um, when we think of Jesus as all the other things that he actually is, but he is also, he's not just judge and Lord and King. He's also a friend and um, and, and the companion who sticks closer than to the point where he was, he was such a good friend that the people of his day called him friend of sinners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was it was a it was a marking title for him. Yeah. Um, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. I think we can we can leave it there, man, and just hope that the conversation continues in our hearts more than anything else. Um, but now nah, let's why don't I just close in prayer and then we'll hand it back to the guys but thanks heaps Janus, thank you for 17 years and everything in between man and for tonight thank you um let's pray um lord jesus we thank you so much um that you are our friend lord what a friend we have in jesus all our sins and griefs to bear um what a privilege to carry everything to god in prayer lord what we just we thank you that you're our friend lord we thank you that you're closer than um, anyone in our life ever could be, um, and that you have counted the hairs on our heads, Lord, and you are so intimately in love with us, Lord. Open our eyes to your love, Lord. Open our eyes to your closeness, Lord, and the intimacy that you're calling us into um, with you each day, Lord, to, to love you, to follow you, to um, just be with you in the freedom of your love. Lord. We just thank you, and um, we pray that you'd fill our hearts with that love uh, and, and that we would enjoy the sweet fellowship of your friendship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.